Coming up, I'll reveal the biggest problem that American workers have with their boss. And then we're going to answer the question, is it possible to truly do work that you love? We'll unpack it all. Let's go. Helping you get unstuck. Overcoming fear and doubt so that you can live the life that you desire and be free. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Okay. (laughs) Twitter, social media never ceases to disappoint. There's always a headline that just makes me shake my head and chuckle. This is a headline from the BBC. Worker tweets Elon Musk and asks, Have I been fired? Tweet, tweet. The guy's name, I'm going to screw it up, so I don't want to mess it up. It looks very very Viking-ish, Norwegian-ish, Swedish. So I don't want to screw his name up. This is what he tweeted. To Elon Musk, your head of HR is not able to confirm if I am employed or not. (laughs) Now listen, I love the moxie. Okay, this story gets better. Why did he tweet the CEO of Twitter to see if he was still employed? Well, here's why. Nine days, this gentleman went being frozen out of all Twitter's accounts, email, social, everything. He's frozen out. Now, that was probably after day one might have been your first clue. This guy stuck it out for nine days, uh, couldn't, couldn't communicate. So... Musk responds to the tweet and says, what work have you been doing? After a series of follow-up questions and answers back and forth between the two, uh, (laughs) this guy ends up receiving an email from HR saying that he had, in fact, been fired. Dum, dum, dum. I mean, you know, I think we all kind of knew that, you know. (laughs) Uh, But now listen to this. This is so tragic, and we're going to get into... Uh, the, the the biggest problem that Americans have with their boss based on this story. I'm going to reveal it to you in moments. But this is a 45-year-old senior director of product design. He's not the intern in the mailroom. This is a senior director of Twitter. Gets locked out, no notification, nothing. Just, we're ghosting you. This is so pathetic. Well, this leads to an article I saw in the New York Post. What is the biggest problem that American workers have with their boss? What do you think it is? Uh, where you're, where, however you're listening, however you're watching, what do you think it is? I'm going to give you five seconds. What do you think? The biggest problem that Americans have with their boss. All right, here's the answer. The answer is communication. That's the biggest problem that American workers have, according to the data, with their boss. And and it seems simplistic, but it's holistic. If you have a leader who's bad at communicating, I promise you, they're bad at a lot of things. They're bad at a lot of things. Because a poor communicator creates a cascade of problems now isn't this true in our relationships let's let's pull back for a moment 
Let's pull back from a professional setting and, and think of your relationships. When communication isn't healthy, what does it do to your relationships? Let's think of ourselves as customers. How frustrating is it when you've got a problem with a product or service and you're working with the company and the communication is poor? Folks, this is core stuff. Two in five workers in America describe their workplace environment as challenging. Three in four office employees question whether their workplace has given them sufficient training necessary to do their current job. Training, preparedness, that comes from communication. You ask me how? Well, I'll tell you. If you get hired into a new job, let's just play this out, and you're there for a week or so, and you're going through your training, and then the training time ends, and it's now time for you to be set free, right? Fly a little bird, and they push you out of the nest. I'm going to tell you something. You inherently know in your soul whether or not you've been trained properly. You just do. And, and, and it just comes down to your knowledge versus the fear of doing something new. A person who has natural fear of doing something for the first time, but also feels like they have the adequate knowledge to do it, they step through that fear. If I take you back to being a little kid when you rode a bike for the first time, at some time in that process when your mom or your dad or your brother or whoever's teaching you to ride a bike, they teach you how to ride a bike, and at first it's like, I don't have enough knowledge. I can't, There is no way I'm going to be able to ride this bike. And as time goes on, you get to a point where you're still nervous about riding the bike without the training wheels or dad holding the back of the seat or whatever it is, but... You come to that point, and this is huge for us to understand the way our brains are. See, our brains are wired to protect us from danger. That's the fight or flight mechanism in the amygdala. So our brains are sitting there going, do we know enough? Do we know enough? Do we know enough? Is this dangerous? Is this scary? And then we all get to a point when we, when we actually get breakthrough and we come over that fear into this new place, this new thing, this discipline, this way of thinking, this way of acting, whatever it is, this way of loving, the person we want to love, whatever. We get over that when we get to the point where we have enough deep-seated knowledge to say, it's going to be okay. I can pull this off. And so you've got American workers, three and four, that's 75% of workers saying, I'm not adequately trained. Well, so you, the worker in that situation, to bring this all back home, you don't feel comfortable as a new employee going to your leader going, um, I'd like about three or four more days of training. I didn't quite get that. Why don't we feel comfortable doing that? Because you're worried they're going to fire you or they're worried that they're going to think less of you and think, oh, I hired a dud. Folks, this is natural. So I want to set you free to, that you feel this way is not your fault. It's the leader's fault in two areas. Number one, you haven't been trained properly. And number two, the leader's not checked in enough to be able to go, hey, listen, we've done the training, but if you haven't gotten it yet, no big deal. We'll give you a couple extra days. Or how's the training going so far? Where are some areas where you feel confident? Where are the areas where you're not? See, that's good communication. That's a leader who's checked in. See, the leader must communicate so that you can communicate. See, it's the leader's responsibility. A bad leader would say something like this. Why, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me you didn't feel trained? Because you bozo. You're my new leader. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to get fired. Oh, 
I mean, that, that, see, this is poor communication. So communication needs to be leaders. And, and those of you that work for a leader, if they're not doing this, you need to get out. Because they're not going to change unless somebody above them trains them. You can share some of this with them, but they won't get it. Here's what good communication for a leader looks like. It's very simple. Number one, they must be absolutely clear. And in being clear, they must be honest. And then they must be compassionate. I care for you. I see you. I want to help you, give you the resources you need. I want to be clear about what I need to do, clear what you need to do. See, we want to know where we stand. That's the essence of good communication. If you're not under that, as a leader, you're not doing it, you need to change. Helping you get unstuck. You want to be free from all of the mental and emotional junk that just holds you back. And and I'm I want to be your guy. I want to be your coach, counselor, and cheerleader. And that's what we set out to do here. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, number one, thank you for listening and watching. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, would you uh, like uh, these videos that you're watching? Something about the algorithm that I'll never understand, but it helps us grow, and we're experiencing tremendous growth. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you, because let me be very clear. <laughs> In case you haven't figured it out yet, I'm a middle-aged man. I am not a teenager who's trying to be super popular. And uh, so uh, I am not chasing likes. I am chasing transformation in the lives of people. That's what I care deeply about. And uh, so, uh, But it does help us grow, and I want to get... The, the common sense, real mindset, heart stuff that I teach about every day and that I report on the news to help you get out of the matrix and not let the world just kind of steer you one way. I am here for that. And if you're enjoying it, you think others will, give us a like and it'll spread. If you're listening to me a podcast, follow us and give us a five-star review. All right. So how many of you out there uh, would would, and again, Big audience, a lot of different places. But how many of you feel stuck in some way right now? It doesn't even have to be work-related. You feel stuck. You got, you're got you afraid of something bad happening. Or you doubt that something good that you desire to happen can happen. If that's you, and you're in the Kansas City area, April 20th, we're just a few weeks out, uh, I'm bringing an event. It's just me. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be teaching on. The ultimate formula that everybody can use to get over the fear and doubt that holds you back in any area of your life. The life you want to live is based on this formula. Clarity, confidence, and courage. And that's what I'm going to be speaking on. How to get extreme radical clarity in any of your life so that you're confident to step out and you'll have the courage to stay on the path when life throws its curveballs at you. And then I'm going to be taking questions live. We're going to have a really fun, intimate Q&A. So here are the dates. Kansas City, April 20th. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, Georgia, May 18th. Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. And uh, if you don't live in those areas, but you know somebody that do, maybe gift them a ticket. Uh, it's going to be a special night. And breakthrough will happen. So love to see you there. Tickets at kencoleman.com slash events. kencoleman.com slash events.
events. All right, so let's take on a big question that I think is very relevant in today's world. I could pose it multiple ways. Let's try this. Is it possible to find and do work that you really love and you're loved while doing it? Let me throw a different question. Is it possible to change your life from where you are today to where you want to be 10, 15 years from now? Is it possible or are you screwed? Is it? Is it possible for you to actually change your life? Some of you are doubting that, and I understand why. Based on your environment, growing up, the environment you're in now, the envir- and then your life experience, some of you are going, you know what? I'm behind the eight ball of life. Uh, everything's stacked against me. I'm not lucky like you, Ken, or anybody else that I would see is that has a good life. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I have a good life. But can I also tell you why I have a good life? I had a great environment growing up, no question. Lower middle class, but a great environment. A loving and supportive environment. Parents that held me to a standard. And so I had a good environment. Wasn't perfect, but it was but it was really good environment. My life experience up to this point, I've had some really hard, hard losses in my life, and I shared that deep, painful message at our last smart conference in Dallas. I don't talk about it on the show. But I've had some deep, deep family wounds. But but I have overall my life of 48 years, I've had largely good experiences. I've had my roller coaster like you. But the reason that I have a good life is because I figured out what I'm going to teach you today. It's very simple. In just a matter of moments, I can give you the answer to your question. Can I change my life? The answer is yes. So then it begs the next question. How do I change my life? How do I change my life professionally? How do I change my life physically? How do I change my life spiritually? How do I change my life emotionally? I'm going to tell you. Here it is. First, you have to accept the reality that you long for as possible. In other words, accept your own challenge. This is where I'm at in this area of my life, but I long to be here. So I've got to stop looking at this longing, this future, as this unicorn that is at the end of a rainbow. You know, like it's just some magical thing that's never going to happen. See, that you've got to say, look, I can get there. It's possible. Is it hard? Yes. But it's possible. That's the first thing. Second, get clear on the actual destination. So it looks like this. We'll use metaphors. I want to climb a mountain. I want to do this hard physical challenge, prove to myself that I can do it. Great. I can do it. I'm going to have to train. I'm going to have to uh, get physically in shape. I'm going to have to learn how to use equipment. I'm going to have to hire a guide. Yada, 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 yada. Now, the second step is I got to get clear though. Which mountain am I going to climb? What 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 mountaintop am I saying that this is the one I'm going to climb? So again, 
watch, stay with me. This is physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, professionally. I got to get very specific. I want to start a business that offers this, and it makes this kind of money. That's the mountaintop. That's what I'm saying. Now, third, I got to start looking for multiple routes. How many of you know, if you've ever tried to climb a mountain or do a hike and you've got a destination, that inevitably something might change, does change, and at that point you go, is there another way up? And the answer is yes. So don't have this desired future, this destination, and then limit yourself to only one way to get there. Don't limit yourself. Commit to the reality that there might be multiple routes, so why don't I look for multiple routes before I start the climb? That's why so many people get discouraged. They go, this is the only way, and watch, this is the only time limit, this is the only education I can get, this is the only person I can marry to go with, you know, and we, we lock ourselves into only one way or one route to get there. And that's limiting. And then finally, once you've decided the multiple routes and you've seen which way you can go and you pick one, you say, no matter what, I've got multiple ways to get there. I am not going to quit. And I set my eye on the finish line. There's research that they've done uh, on runners. And I experienced this once in my life when I trained for one half marathon. And I found that in all my training, when I got on the other side of the halfway of the run, so if it was an hour run, if I got the 31 minutes and I was continuing to focus on my pace, what I wanted to reach that day, and I realized I was getting closer and closer to home, everything picked up for me. And so the final piece of advice is let the destination pull you. Let your heart pull you when you don't feel like you can take another step. When you feel like quitting, get your eye back up on that desired future. Why do I want to get there? Reconnect to the why. And when you do, watch what happens. The head and the heart align. The, the heart gets excited because it's out of the heart that we know the why. And so when we reconnect to the why, watch what happens. The heart gets excited. The brain goes, ooh, we're excited. And the brain sends chemicals back throughout the body. And we change physiologically. Our shoulders go back. Our eyes are up. And we're going to keep moving forward because we know our why. That is possible for you and everyone. Hey, parents, um, I know that one of the deepest concerns that you have is, will my kid be prepared to win professionally, be able to support themselves, and to enjoy their lives? That is just foundational to being a parent, and I get it. And I've been telling you for months that we were working on a curriculum because the school system is not preparing your kids well for their future. They teach them about all kinds of junk that they'll never remember. And the system is just setting them up to go to college, try to get a good, safe degree so you can get a good, safe job. Blah! I don't want my kid to have a good, safe job because that's a recipe for misery. So I'm so excited. Uh, Ramsey Education and I have partnered up. We have a new curriculum. It's called Foundations in Career Discovery. And it is 
a home study course for your teenager to begin to learn the questions they need to ask and answer these questions to be able to choose where they want to go and whether college is a part of that or not. And I teach it. It has a parent uh, section as well to equip you parents on how to have the right conversation. It's not pressure-filled. And so I'm really proud of the course. It's now available uh, RamseySolutions.com in the uh, store, or if you want to just get to it quickly, it's KenColeman.com slash student. KenColeman.com slash student, and it is a beautiful curriculum. I actually have a roundtable with students uh, where I sat down and talked to these students about what they're thinking about. Parents, it's going to give you great perspective, and more importantly, your kids are going to feel seen and heard and go, hey, I, now I got this old guy, but at least he's telling me what I need to be focused on, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So it's called uh, Foundations in Career Discovery, and uh, I'm looking at the website right now, and there's just so much information for you to kick the tires. Uh, it is a fantastic course. So uh, go check it out, parents. This is the thing you've been needing to begin to have the conversation with your student about their future. KenColeman.com slash student. All right, let's go to Denver, Colorado now. Monique is on the line. Monique, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, Ken. Uh, thank you so much for helping me. You bet. What's going on? Uh, so I accepted a job that has great pay, but the owner believes in hazing her new employees. Um, uh, what does that I've mean? Only been, yeah, so I've only been there a month, and I feel like like I'm not willing to give her any more of my time or my expertise. What's going on? Like, um, so so it so when I first started, um, it would it was like like I noticed, you know, some you know, some comments, some things that she was really particular about that weren't really important, but she used, you know, as, um, as ammo, I guess. As what? Um, like, like for example, um, the coffee cup that I would drink my coffee out of in the morning, um, her feeling that she needs to have a camera on not just me, but all her staff all day long. Um, a and camera? A camera, like recording me all day because your <laughs> because your coffee was hot. No, because she didn't like the cup that I drank it in. Oh, so you're working for a real neurotic mess. Yeah, control yeah, freak. And yes. Yeah. And, okay. So and yeah. Yeah. And it's really, really bad. Uh, there was a a really bad episode uh, last week. And she, um, tell me about that. I've got to hear more before I give you advice. I got to hear more about this, this, this monster. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and so, so she yelled at me, not just yell, like how, like I raised my voice to my kids, you know, like as if she's like fighting with like a domestic partner, like Yelling at me like that in front of the entire clinic. For what? In front of em- employees. For what? What did you do? patients. I didn't do anything. Her com- The computer stopped working, and she yelled at me about it. And I'm not IT. Okay. I'm not IT, but she was yelling at me about it, about getting it fixed. And so the and then so the cameras were on you because she didn't like the coffee cup that you were uh, drinking out of. So we've got some real wacky stuff going on here. So yeah, um, 
I, mm-hmm. I know what I want to tell you, but I want to make sure that I serve you first. What What's your question for me? Because this woman is a psychopath, literally. <laughs> yeah, so I left, I left a job a month ago for this job, and... Like, I don't think, like, I would be able to qualify for grievances or anything like that. Yeah, I don't care about grievances. I care about you yeah. getting out of there. You know, life sucks. Uh, yeah. It's hard sometimes. We don't always have to get retribution and grievances. We just need to move yeah. on. So this 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 person is mm-hmm. so unstable. Now, I'm taking you at your word. I have no reason mm-hmm. not to. But yeah. this is so wacky. Like, you can't mm-hmm. reason with people like this. Okay? Yeah, I agree. Um. And uh, so we need to move on. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would put up with it uh, as long as it takes um, to to find something else. Because what I don't want you to do, mm-hmm. unless you're financially able to walk, I don't want you using an emergency fund for this. I don't mm-hmm. want you f- struggling financially because I don't think you're mm-hmm. unsafe. I don't think it's the mm-hmm. type of thing that you can't bite your lip and deal with for a while. But I would mm-hmm. definitely find something else. Is you don't need to be in a situation like this. It's not going to get better. Yeah. Am I right? Well, yeah, that's correct. Um, the the only thing that has me, I guess, wanting to to you know jump ship um, is because so I have I have um, a lot of health problems. Uh, you know, a lot of I have a lot of autoimmune, and so I I since the month has started. I've seen my autoimmune start declining and right. um, okay. and being in like pain. I get that like physical pain. Like so, when if I you get jump work, ship, if you jump ship, what are you jumping to? Let's get so, real for um, a second. Yeah. So my spouse, he's really supportive. He um. Can you live off of his income? Yeah, he he has two full time jobs. Okay, and, so um, financially, this is no mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah, and, and oh, we well, have, then I'd walk today. We have savings. Yeah, yeah but 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 I uh-huh. I don't want you to touch the savings if you don't have to. Okay. okay. If if you guys can adjust the budget uh-huh. to be able to live off of his two full time jobs until you a let's get this autoimmune thing back under control to the best of your ability because uh-huh. this is no question that stuff that stress will make it flare up. Uh, yeah. No yeah. question about it. So let's get healthy. Uh-huh. Let's get a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let's try not to touch the savings. Okay. And I have, um, you know, some side hustle, or I guess it would be full hustles because they wouldn't be on the side. Right. Um, but I have some hustles that I'm, Good. you know. So I'd quit today. I'm thinking of, yeah. Did you hear me? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, now, I that I got, now that I got yeah. this information, if you were my wife, mm-hmm. I would say walk today. Okay. But leave well. You know, yeah. don't, mm-hmm. don't, uh, you know, don't try to, you know, get the score settled. Don't just, just mm-hmm. walk away, walk yeah. away. Okay. Okay. I'm so okay. sorry uh, that this has happened to you, but given your financial situation, you have enough freedom to say no more. I'm not doing this. Okay. All right. I think we lost her. Now let me give everybody else a takeaway really quick. Okay. Here's what we don't talk about a lot when somebody has a situation like that. We have to still learn from that. Now, in this case, Monique is working for like truly some sort of just absolutely sick individual. And they got a lot going on. Okay. They got some tough stuff going on that make them this way. But listen, going forward, you have to say, it's not my fault that that 
boss was that way. But I do bear responsibility to make sure that I never put myself in that situation again. So how do I do that? Well, now I've got some experience and I go, all right, I'm asking questions. I'm not just going to go in an interview and let a, a potential boss woo me. I'm going to talk to people who know people in that building. I'm going to try to make some connections to people that are working there while I'm in the interview process to find out what is this place really like? Because I got to tell you, a little bit of snooping in that situation, well, you would have found out some stuff. Okay? That didn't just happen when she walked in. So that's the lesson. Do your homework. Decide, not only do they want me, but do I want them? This is your life after all. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.